Hello, everyone, and welcome to SDGC. Uh, today, we are talking Rage 2. Um, we've already given some early impressions, but today we are going to go into the full verdict. So, um, to start, uh, just a little bit of background on Rage and the developer. Um, Rage is... It was the first new IP from id Software in nearly 15 to 20 years um, when it came out uh, back in 2011. And... It was a game that was very Mad Max style, open world, uh, semi open world, um, focused on car combat, and I, I would say like that, you know, like Uncharted wide yeah, linear, yeah, maybe it it was like wide linear, like you you could explore, but like whenever you went into missions, it was like a linear designed stage, um, but um, it was not all that well received. Um, it got middling reviews and didn't sell all that well. But it did have, you know, kind of become a cult classic um, among people, myself included, um, for the really punchy combat with um, very reactive enemies, uh, great animations, um, things like that. So, so that game kind of came and went. Everybody assumed that the IP was dead, <laughs> essentially. And then last year, um, Bethesda surprised us all by announcing a sequel, Rage 2. Um, this one was actually not helmed by id Software, but instead um, it was developed by Avalanche Games, who um, best known for the Just Cause series, um, and this was done by the team that did the official Mad Max game. So um, somebody that specialized in open world games uh, and somebody that had a lot of experience with a Mad Max style, um, Mad Max style game. Uh, uh, Post-apocalyptic wasteland, yeah. driving around, collecting resources. So, um, surprise people, but it actually ended up being, um, you know, a smart fit um, based off of the developer's pedigree. Um, and we'll talk about how successful they were um, in a few minutes. Um, just like with the first impressions video, I am joined again by Brandon and Zach. How are you guys doing today? Hey guys, doing all right. So, Justin, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about, I mean, like, the, the core thing, like, anything id Software helps out with feels like combat is at the core of the experience. Is that kind of the same thing here with, with Rage 2? Oh, absolutely. Oh, and just uh, one note before we get going. Um, all three of us have played the game, um, but my copy of the game was a review code that was provided to us. Um, I played it on PS4. That was a review code. Um, everybody else has purchased their own copy of the game. Yeah, I've played 20 hours on PC. And I've got about six hours on PC. Um, cool. So I just wanted to get that out there before we got going. But yes, combat is the core of Rage 2. Like, this is a game where you can go between combat encounter to combat encounter within 30 seconds. Um, and the controls and feel of the combat, you very much feel the id software. Um, inspiration. Uh, controls are really fast, really fluid. Enemies have great reaction reaction animations. I mean, it's um, got that it's got that air dash that Doom Eternal is gonna have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and like um, they decided to kick it up a notch by adding superpowers into the mix. Uh, my personal favorite was the slam, where you summon a black hole underneath you, fly up into the air, oh, yeah. and punch yeah. everything down below you. Well, uh, what, like one of my favorite things when I when I discovered the Icarus flyer, and you could, like it, it, you can zoom from location to location, and then it, like you have to jump off of it, 
from a high distance, but you can use the slam to just like so you're, you you get from, you know a thousand meters in like fifteen seconds, and then you just like jump off your bird and just slam slam down into the ground, kill like three enemies before they even know you're there, and then you just launch into like some of the best first person shooter combat ever. Yeah. The shooting in this game felt so tight for me, and I, and I I think that I might be the most negative of the three of us on the whole game, uh, but the shooting just feels so good when it clicks. It it it. I don't know if I would go as far as to say it feels as good as Doom twenty sixteen, but it's a damn good yeah. first person shooter. It's in the conversation, which is you know, yeah, saying yeah. a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. In terms of pure mechanics and controls, this game is excellent. Um, the weapons felt really punchy. Um. If you're focusing on your upgrades, you can become one of the most overpowered characters I've played as in a game yeah, very quickly. I would say the most overpowered <laughs> character in first-person shooter history. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, like, your movement capabilities, like... I mean, you might be able to move faster than any... Like, what other first-person shooter can you move as fast? When you're fully upgraded and you can do, like, the dash for seven seconds and then, like, double dash, like, every, like, three seconds, like... You're flying. Like, yeah. what, what game is there, faster? There, there, is, there is an ability in this game that let It's basically an upgrade to your sprint. You, like, sprint again while sprinting, and you accelerate probably as fast as your car can boost. It is extraordinarily fast. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's insane. Like, you're hauling ass. Yeah. And you have full double jumps, air dashes. Like, you can get places very quickly. The, the black hole will, like, home in on enemies, which gets you, like, a little bit extra distance. Yeah, and it you, absolutely... You can, you can really cover a lot of ground. Yeah. And it absolutely feels like a distilled... And the game, I think the game is cognizant of this, but it, it's absolutely, like, what what does the average player's power fantasy look like, and how can we enable that? And I think that's what makes the game feel so playable when there are other iffy parts, right? Is like... Yes, there can be three minutes of boring, but like that thirty seconds of fun when you're when you land in a new outpost or run into a new group of enemies is just really, really satisfying, right? Yeah, and there's also so much in the environment that just explodes and flies it, around. Like it's it's silly. It's actually silly. Like, <laughs> um, like, I love it, but it's oh silly. yeah, it's um. So yeah, the first rage kind of got you know panned for being very. Uh, very brown, boring, standard post-apocalypse. This decided gray to, even like some yeah, screenshots gray. are more yeah. gray than the grayest, uh, you know, Gears of War screenshot you could ever find. Yeah. Um. So they they threw in a lot of pink and neon and stuff. So you get like when combat's really moving, like with all the colors and explosions. Um, it's yeah, a very. The, I mean, the UI is yeah. like some cyberpunk shit. Where it's like you know. It's like an AI that's like glitching out when you go into overdrive and shit. Yeah. It goes like, like very Far Cry Blood Dragon, where it's like a you know like a visor vision. I mean, know, if if aesthetic processing, if aesthetic was a spectrum, this would be the opposite end of the spectrum from the original Rage, right? Like that's that's at least how it feels. They cr they cranked yeah. it, yeah. Now I I kind of want to ask you guys I, again. I've only played six hours, which is less than both of you. Um, but I gotta say, while the gunplay feels really good when you're you know boots on the ground. I feel like the combat in vehicles feels like a step back, even from Mad Max, the game that Avalanche developed right before this. Uh, it just... It's uh, very from, uninteresting. Yeah, it, it, it like, less interesting than Mad Max. Like, it yeah, just... Yeah. yeah, and that was a low bar, and it, it, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Justin, Justin, where did you land on that, even at the end of the game when you were powered See, up? I think I enjoyed it a bit more than you guys did, but, like, there's... 
car combat was a much bigger part of the first rage it than was. it is here. Like yeah. I, I don't think there's. There's this like almost, one. This feels like a. It's like paying like lip service to the, that you know being a yeah. part of the first game more than they want it to be. Sure. Yeah. Um, like in this game, the closest thing like there's not even typical car combat. There's like one short on rails tank section, um, in the main story. Other than that, there is no required car combat. It's yeah, all. The, it's no twisted metal. Yeah, it's yeah. all the optional convoys and stuff, and like those are fun for a couple. But I like, mean, it mostly it's like you you just sideswipe their shitty little vehicles. Yeah, like they're, you know, and then you you know do like an EMP blast that reveals their weak points, and then you just shoot it with machine guns. Right, you shoot things. you shoot the bright weak spot like any other game. That's it's and it, like they're hard to keep up with. And it's, sure, it's it, it not just doesn't... In, not enjoyably entertaining to chase. It, it just feels like any aspect of this game that didn't have its fingerprints on it uh, just doesn't feel like it really holds up for me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys kind of land at the same spot. Well, Justin, I mean, I feel like maybe it gets too much credit for the combat. Maybe. The, yeah, the I, interviews make it very clear that Avalanche is like, we did like almost all of this game. Yeah, uh, I, I am hesitant to give too much credit to id. Uh, I mean, obviously, I love it as a studio. I just don't know what they did for this game because I know... Like, feedback. Like, they gave feedback yeah. on, like, making the combat feel good. Like, the, you know, effects Are, and stuff. Is it basically just, like, an advisory role? Am I giving them exactly, way too much credit? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like yeah. it's it's like the same relationship that Machine Games has with id for the Wolfenstein um, Perfect. Yeah. games. So, like, id is consulted... I don't know how much hands. I, I feel like even the doing. fact that Id's logo was put in the trailers was just like a marketing thing, because like Doom yeah. was really well well received, yeah. so people would be like, "Oh, Id," you know, more yeah, than so than they developed like half the game or anything like that. Gotcha. Then I'll then I'll walk that back and just say that I, I feel like if I'm not shooting someone in this game with a gun in my character's hand, then it is not uh, quite quite what I was expecting. And I, um, I yeah. agree. Yeah, I I. But I enjoy the combat like to a really high degree. Sure. Sure. Uh, Justin, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about what the story is like? I know that the first game had a story too uh, that, that wasn't that well received. I can't, this... I can't without laughing. <laughs> the f- okay, so give us the rundown. So the, the first game story, I don't even. The first game story, you woke up in an arc, you left, and then John Goodman picked you up in a car and gave you a gun and started asking you to kill people for him. Oh, uh, there was like this awful tutorial. Yeah, and then like the eventually you went to fight the authority. It takes like back, half an hour to shoot something in that game. Who, in the first who time. is back in Rage Two, and the game feels like it ended like mid mission <laughs> with you pressing a button. All the arcs awaken, yeah, and like it's you still, never... it's still like a ten hour game, but like it just ends without you know in a, in a weird place. God, yes. and so, so that's, that's Rage the Two of Rage One story. So Rage Two picks up like about what, like 50? fifty years yeah. after um, Rage okay. One. So there was apparently a war between the Authority and everybody in the wasteland that has not Great. been covered in anything. Um, and then so the game starts with the Authority coming back, which is very funny to me. Like having played the first Rage because they yeah. weren't defeated in the first Rage, and now Two is like, oh guys, they're back, and it's like, yeah. Okay, the first game's <laughs> protagonist has sort of become deified for like what he's done. Yeah, yeah, huh. like almost in a doom, you know, the Doom Slayer sort of way. Great, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, again, I'm only six hours in, but like every time I've seen uh, their their main antagonist in this game, oh, yeah, uh, keep, keeping it spoiler light, like it is the most generic ass. Like, he looks like someone who could be in a graphics engine tech demo. Like he's yeah, so they, fucking yeah, generic, right? That, yeah. yeah, he he is like the old GPU mascot box <laughs> cover. Like, yeah, oh. God. Uh, so, how does story work in this game? Obviously, it's open world and it's not a linear experience. Can, can you guys talk to us a little bit about structure? So, basically, there's a tutorial. Uh, after that, you have very long tutorial. It's like forty-five minutes of like yeah. pretty pretty boring shit at the beginning of the game. Great. So, there's a tutorial, and then there's you'll just have three icons marked on your endless map. text dialogue prompts. <laughs> yes. Like. Yes. Uh, you'll just have three points, and then each of those three points is somebody that you talk to. Each one of those people has two missions, and then you unlock the final mission. Great. Um, cool. There is Less point... than Mad Max. I mean, yes. Mad Max had, like, maybe ten. Or... It was few. I remember it being very short, and this is less. It's a total of eight missions, and they're all about 20 minutes each. Jesus. Uh, the only yeah, thing they're very that... short, each one, too. The only thing that really holds up like the length is that you do like after you complete the first mission for each of the three um three people that you have to see uh you have to hit like level five or so in like their reputation thing which is just built up by doing stuff in the world i immediately unlocked the second mission for each of them as soon as i got there because there is so much random it doesn't stuff take around. very many side quests to get to level five yeah <laughs> yeah gotcha so realistically, if you didn't really care about doing all that, you know, you don't like this is a game like like a lot of open world games, especially from five years ago. There's a lot of icons on the map and clearing them, you know, gets you closer to 100 percent completion. But like if you don't care about that and you just want to do the bare minimum to see the credits roll, how many hours do you guys estimate that would take? Six. Yeah. It, like six. No okay. more. Jesus. Like if okay. you go, if you yeah if you like map marker icon the main story missions and beeline it one to the next it's a five hour game. Wow. <laughs> like it is very clearly not the intended way to play the game whatsoever. But you could do it. You wow. could, and yeah. you you would have wasted every dollar that you spent playing the game. <laughs> I also want to mention like completing the story has literally no bearing on the game world whatsoever. Yeah, you get no like you know you get. Like no you don't even get bonus. Yeah. yeah, you don't even get like any upgrades or like yeah, items yeah. or money for completing you don't get a, the you final don't get a mission. New weapon. Yeah, you don't get a new weapon. You don't get like upgrade your health. You don't get like, huh. nothing. You get nothing. Like the the main story feels tacked on, and the side quests are the like, main missions. Just give me a jetpack at least, Jesus. All right, literally anything <sighs> would be cool. Like a new uh, vehicle. Like at the end, you get the. I guess you get the predator tank, but like I don't know. You unlock so, that like before the. It's whatever. Speaking of speaking of structure and driving around, and you mentioned vehicles. We talked about the combat before. In the beginning of the game, you you get a car that's got some guns on it, and there are other vehicles in this game that you can drive. Are any of them? better than that base yeah no you you never want to drive any of them for any they all suck they all feel bad to drive like and like only a couple of them have guns like i tried out one of the tanks not the big predator tank that you have to get in the story but like just one of the other like various faction tanks and like i tried it on one of the sentry turrets it did practically no damage like um, yeah, like when you want to get in combat, you just get out of your vehicle and use your rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, right. And well, like, and for reference, people who haven't played the game, uh, the first car you get in the game, they give you a massive Gatling gun with like four thousand rounds. It's like the the base 
thing before you upgrade the vehicle. Yeah. And today I got on a motorcycle, and my character just pulled out his generic uh, pistol, which was, like, <laughs> supposed to feel like it's equal. So, like, there's really no benefit. And it's not even faster than my car. So, like, there's not... It's so far yeah. for me, I just haven't felt like there's Very anything. not thought out, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's they made wild. They made a bunch of cars, like, drivable for no reason. Like, the only benefit to it is like you could take them back to a trading station and get like parts to upgrade your standard car i right. mean it's, it's actually to the detriment of the game because mad yeah. max was just about the magnum opus and right. that was like one of the game's stronger parts yeah and well, like, hey, that was also this game you don't have that like attachment to the vehicle and like I feel like the first Rage also had very similar system like to upgrading your car based off of Mad Max like like similar to Mad Max like you could change like the frame of the car and, like tires and stuff like that. There's none of that. There's just a few unlocks for weapons and like an ejector seat. Hey now, I feel like we're skipping over the very important thing, which is that your car has a claptrap inspired voice that talks to you. Uh, cause that's a thing, right? It when you heal have the much car. To say. Yeah. And yeah. It's like when you get in, it says like, yeah, you know, or like, hey, Walker, initiating or whatever. Or like when you repair it, it's like going to the clinic. Wait for me, and it's oh boy. Whereas yeah. in Mad Max, is, I mean, isn't you know, it like somebody notable that does the voice? Hold on, let me. Uh, I think I, it is. But like in in uh, Mad Max, you had Chum Bucket like with you the whole way. And yeah, he had right. a lot. He had yo, a lot to say. A lot of and personality. Yo, Chum Bucket rule actually. Like yeah, I know that see, a lot, I think, you know whether you love him or hate him. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot warmer on, on Mad Max than a lot of people, but I just, uh, I mean, like, I, I keep reiterating this, but, like, nothing feels good except for when I'm shooting someone with a gun. Uh, it's it's just messy, and, like, speaking I of... Mean, a, talk, a lot of the game is shooting people with guns. So that's true. No, yes, like, you can... It, yeah, you can, for sure. Yeah, it's Linda Carter that does the voice of, uh, of Phoenix, your car. Uh, she is best known for playing Wonder Woman in oh. the original series oh huh. wild the 70 series so yeah <laughs> that's wild that seems like a weird yeah. pull weird, but all very right very weird yeah, yeah. Uh, considering we... like how little she has like i said she doesn't have much to say so i mean i'm not warm on the gameplay of this game but i i think that one of the things that i found the most off-putting uh is the world that the game takes place in justin can you kind of talk to us about that a little bit okay yeah so the so at the end of Rage 1, apparently, um, some things called ecopods came down out of orbit and, you know, made it so that not everywhere was desert. But that, in-game, that just is, like, there's two areas that are, like, a swampland and a jungle. And they're basically just, like, roads with trees on either side that are essentially just walls. They're a real pain to drive around. But, um... Yeah, if you go between anything that isn't an icon on your map, mind you, there are a ton of icons on your map, but there's just nothing. It's a very like, small map, too. Very small yeah, open world map. You can get around it real fast. And, like, like if you get, like, there's no just getting out and exploring and taking in the sights kind of thing. Like, there's no wildlife. Sometimes you might see, like, three guys chilling on the side of the road. Uh, you'll just, the only sound you'll hear is, like, the wandering, um, the wandering merchants like junk 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 come get junk uh <laughs> yeah like there's not like, a lot of the music is pretty subtle most of the time yeah when you're driving you're mostly just listening to your like, engine it is but, the most dead lifeless there's no you know there's no radio yeah. in, the, in the wasteland 
Like, it is yeah. the most dead, lifeless world. I mean, world, Fallout 4 fi- figured out a way to make you have something to listen to in the wasteland, but this game doesn't care. Right. Yeah, like, even like even by, like, post-apocalyptic standards, like, you'd think that they would have, you know, like, music and stuff. Like, they used Andrew WK and stuff in, like, the trailers and stuff. And that is <laughs> absolutely nowhere in the game. The game has not even a tenth of the personality of the trailers. That, that, we'll talk about that in a few minutes because that's something I also want to mention. But, like, yeah, it's just... There's nothing like you're just going between the same like and also I want to mention the design of the side side missions and stuff because they are basically all copied and pasted like there is no variety to the combat encounters. Um, sometimes they might skin the, like, there's just different, like, skins and designs for some of the bandits that you encounter based off of region, but that's about it. Um, yeah. Well, and, like, one of the things I found so frustrating, so outside of core missions, there are these side quests that are, like, you know, outposts or, or whatever, and one of the things that's so frustrating about them is they have collectibles assigned to them, right? So it'll be, like, find four crates or find this collectible bin yeah, or find a data same, pad. It's Mad Max over again. But like, I, it uh... is, it's exactly Mad Max's, but it also does, like, the one thing that um, really, really hangs me up in a game, which is, like, it'll tell you that you have found six-sevenths of the collectibles in this area, and you don't know where the last one is, but the yep. marker doesn't go from, from the vibrant pink to the gray, which means you found everything, until you find that last one. And so in my head, it makes it really hard to leave an area. And so I spent yep. ten minutes doing this really boring thing, which is, like, finding something the size of an iPad as because I wander your, around an Because on your map, it still, like, stays lit up yeah, just, like, right. color. So it, it makes your map cluttered to have gray icons that are completely cleared and then some icons that are partly cleared and then some that you haven't found yet and it's just like like i said it's a small map but it's very dense so it's icons on top of each other and it's like right and and the the reason why the they clutter up your map is because you didn't find one pink crate that you punched to get a hundred dollars out of it right like it just it's never fucking worth it i guess um but justin one thing i just want to quickly take an aside with is um beyond the world uh the characters that inhabit it uh often feel problematic and gross See, um I, I i didn't even have that issue it's just like they were all completely completely forgettable and left zero impression on me i i mashed the f key through this entire game <laughs> sure but i mean like one of so so in the game the structure of the game is is you have three people you kind of report to right like that's kind yeah. of so one of the three is just somebody who is a mad scientist who rides a disabled mutant that has like really low brain function and he rides him like he's getting a piggyback and like it's played for laughs like the disabled person that he rides has a diaper on and there's like flies flying around his ass like it, it's just like gross and bad and this is supposed to be like a character that your character reports to and you're supposed to have respect for or there's like at least a dynamic there and it just feels I don't know, exploitative, weird, stuck in the past. It feels like the butt of the joke is, like, this character. I just, uh, it, it doesn't feel good, and I don't feel good playing or shooting at characters who, who have uh, disabilities or who have played off as disabilities. Like, if you want to show me fighting, like, a tweaker biker, like, I really don't care with hot pink hair, but, like, please stop throwing. Uh, Chris Plant... From Polygon wrote a really convincing, really valid argument about. Yeah, like, I wrote his arg- read his article. I read his articles, and they were both really good. There was the one that he put out last year at E3, and then the recent one. Right, which is just about like the use of cleft palates and how that really doesn't work, and it doesn't really make sense in the game's lore. But also like the use of physical abnormalities or what are considered abnormalities. Uh, 
I do in, think, I, I am I am curious about the cleft palate thing because it does seem like it's been toned down uh, um, since the because th- I've only seen like two enemies that have had it. Uh, so so the character that that is being ridden uh, by one of the quote unquote protagonists uh, has rides a character with a cleft palate, and then all of these really big hulking monsters, which are like these Hulk sized characters that you have to fight. Uh, are also all have the same design and they all have the big cleft palette. Okay, because so I've yeah. um I didn't really look too closely at the the mount character and like I've only like a lot of the I mean again there's so much stuff in this game we could have taken two very different routes getting to it sure uh, with fighting the big guys because most of the big guys I've seen have actually had their faces covered um, yeah I know there's at least there's one that they f- make you fight right away who kind of has like this American flag va- I it, listen either yeah. way like I guess my thing is just I, that I, like I, no that's that's fair I uh, yeah and and one of the big chief complaints here is that the people who have these physical abnormalities are often played as either uh, mentally handicapped dumb characters quote unquote dumb characters or they're people you're meant to shoot and kill and you're not supposed to think about right there there aren't good characters in this game who have physical abnormalities everyone you interact with is actually like a relatively uh, typical looking person. And yeah. so like, it, it's just like the subtext there is gross and doesn't feel very good yeah. and does not make me feel good. And it, it contrasts against really poorly against really good gunplay. Like it feels great to shoot, but I don't like to think about what I'm shooting at, yeah. uh, which is and just it, a bad it, feeling. And it also is weird here because like in the first game, like it, the mutants were more animalistic. I think, um, I think they were less like, cause here they kind of like talk and like have personalities and stuff and in the first I guess game, I don't I don't remember the first game well enough. I mean In the first game I don't remember that. Like it feels like they There kind weren't of, mutated cre- like there weren't like mutated NPCs were there? I don't like, remember. Friendly mutated NPCs. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. I mean, yeah, the first rage is <laughs> I guess I guess to show how memorable the first rage is. Yeah. Um but I mean like I don't know. Again, and I I hate to like it's just I don't know. Again, like it bothers some people. Yeah, yeah it, no, it bothers it, it, me. It's, it's absolutely worth mentioning. I think it's something yeah. that I kind of have a blind spot for. So sure. I've just been doing more listening than talking about it. Yeah, um, I, I guess at the very least, like that's a content warning for somebody who hasn't paid a lot of attention to rage and who might be convinced because hey, you like the way that the shooting might, you know, the shooting might be. Um, I mean, it, and again, like. It's a perfect game, and I think that, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but, like, it feels like a perfect game to put a podcast on and turn your brain off, right? Like, that's that seems like the best way to play Rage 2. Is that where you guys have landed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't play a podcast because, actually, like, the combat noise is enjoyable to me. Like, yeah, the combat all, noise all the explo- is when you're Yeah, when you're, like, in the middle of the shit, like, the audio design is actually pretty good. That's a, you know, strong point. Everything oh, sounds yeah. good. Blah, the enemies sound good. Like the headshot you know, sound is there's a lot of sound effects like all layered on top of each other, so it's, you know, very full sounding. Sure, sure. But I, at least driving back and forth between places, it feels like something that I like. I just in my be- like in my head, the sound of the the car scraping over dirt yeah. like, got a little Once bit. Once you get the Icarus, it takes you know 15 seconds to get wherever the, you want. The Icarus is a flying vehicle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. It's it's, gotcha. it's it's like the miracle of the game because once you use that, you will. It doesn't matter. Like getting from area to area is no longer an inconvenience at all. Right. So Justin, uh, Avalanche games tend to ship with a lot of bugs. Is that different with Rage Two? Uh, no, it is not different. Oh with no, Rage Two. Um, and okay, this section is going to give me no joy to get into. Um, 
before I describe my experience with this, I want to say that I was very much looking forward to Rage 2. Um, I was very excited ever since they announced it last year. I've been really looking forward to it. Um, the bugs absolutely killed my experience with this game for me. Um, to the point where, like, if it had been a bit more polished on this front, I think I could let the excellent combat make me forgive some of the issues with other things, but um, the severity and amount of major bugs I ran into completely destroyed a lot of my enjoyment of this game. Can you unpack what some of the most heinous examples were? I've The only bugs I've had on PC so far uh, were like, the subtitles will keep going, but the, the audio cuts out. Um, yeah, so I had audio cutout glitches on every single story mission. The story, wow. so the story missions, not just like random conversations around and stuff. Like the, the one parts, time it mattered. Yeah, the one time it matters, uh, those cut out uh, multiple times. I in again in story missions, I fell through the the world. And was not able to get back. I was just looking up at weirdly clear polygons and shapes and stuff. Um, And I also had glitches where, like, the audio, like, the the main music would cut out, and then, like, some of the audio would be gone, but some of it wouldn't. And then, like, as I kept using stuff, like, those sounds would start repeating and get mixed together. So it just, like, built into, like, this crazy cacophony of, like, the worst sound you've ever heard. Um, Great. uh, And then another common one I got, which sounds like it's not a big deal is sometimes like electricity would just appear around my weapon for no reason I got, I got that one too but i was able to fix it just by reloading a save so yeah um that, that's the other thing is almost every time i tried to reload a save the glitch continued i usually always would have to fully reboot the game um oh. every time um shit and like one or two things like this like going around um in an open world game i can usually forgive but, like, the severity and just how common it was to run into this, like, and the fact that a lot of them were in story missions really, really impacted my... Like, it was, like, every few minutes. I was never able to have a fully bug-free um, session with this game. And, you, and like, and- that, electro- that electricity thing, like, if you aim down sights, sometimes it would just get in your way and you just can't see um, when you aim down sights and stuff. Like, that sort of thing is was extremely frustrating. Now, Justin, you were playing a little bit pre-release and then obviously in the in the launch week. Did any of that improve through any subsequent patches since launch or is it basically still kind of kind of a buggy experience for you? There has only been one patch uh since la- since launch um Okay. and I have not noticed any It's a very small patch. Gotcha. Shit. Um, well, that's that's and Brandon, how was your experience? Did you have a lot of bugs, or, or was no, it mostly state? Very few. I had okay. way more bugs than Mad Max. Okay, so, so I guess you know, your mileage mess with open world games. Yeah, Vi- mileage mileage may vary. I guess. Yeah, Justin- and like an- another another bug I ran into quite a bit is you know you can mantle onto onto things in this game. Whenever oh yeah, the mantle the, is glitchy as hell. Yeah, whenever you start to do that, sometimes the camera just starts oh, spinning, yeah. and it oh, thinks yeah. that you've left the game world, and then you get like an entering region. Okay, thing, I like, never got that. Like, I never got that, but I did get it where like if you move the camera too fast while you're mantling, it'll just like, it'll it'll just like freak out. Oh boy. 
Yeah, so I I had I had so many like continuous issues with bugs throughout the game. Um, Physics kind of do what they want sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like th- those. There are a bunch of things that do fall into the funny glitches category, yeah. which I'm not sure. really counting against the game. Please, please, the Bethesda staple of funny glitches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the um. Yes, the physics are very crazy. There was one time where I got in um, my car, and for some reason, the like third-person character model of my character was way off to the side, um, and cool. I didn't notice it. And so, like, I turned the camera <laughs> around, and then all of a sudden, a giant walker, like sitting and driving, like came in front <laughs> of the <flares>. camera. <laughs> Incredible. Oh God. Okay, so we've talked. Obviously, we're all we're all a little bit down on the game. And Justin, you you mentioned that like you were looking forward to it, and you're landed a lot lower. Um, the first game achieved cult status, cult classic status. Uh, Mad Max definitely did the same thing. Obviously, there were people who find uh, things to enjoy in this game. Obviously, all of us enjoy the shooting in this game. Do you think this game has the potential to through patches? Um, to kind of reach that cult classic status through people... sales. Through like, sales. This is, this is a $20 game that you will love. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to echo um, the same thing as Brandon. If it gets patched up and people buy it for cheap, I think people are really going to enjoy this in the long term. Um, just in the state it's in right now, it's very difficult for me to recommend uh, ex- to anyone well, so. except like the big FPS fans. That yeah. would go crazy. Exactly. Like, diehard FPS fans are only going to talk about how good the combat is. Gotcha. Because it is be- really good. Justin, before we sign off, is there anything else you want to hit on before we uh, wrap up the review? Okay, so um, this is one thing that is also very sad, because it's part of the, one of the reasons I was excited for the game, is... I thought the marketing for this game was very entertaining and on point. Oh, yeah, the there, uh, mar- the, the <laughs> marketers came up with a more fun game than the developers. Yeah, there is nothing that has that much personality. There is nothing... Like, the game tries really hard to be funny. There's nothing funny in the game. It doesn't except, actually except, try that hard. Like, okay, it tries hard sometimes. But most of the time, it just doesn't try at all. I, I mean, I, I felt like sometimes it was just, like, kind of repeating jokes over and over and, like, please clap, like, kind of thing. I really, like, I feel like it didn't have that many jokes, which gives it a really inconsistent tone. Like, so, sometimes it tries to be really funny. Like, the beginning of the game, what's that dude's name? Uh, the dude who dies and you get Oh, the, the ranger that you take the suit from. Yeah, R- ranger jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that scene was funny. Like, he you know, he jumps and he dies. Like, that, that I kind of laughed, but... <laughs> Then for the rest of the game, they never really go for an overly jokey tone, right? Yeah. Again, I, I skipped a lot of dialogue, so maybe I'm no. It jokes. is <laughs> it is a self serious game. The only thing is the first time you meet uh, Kavir Sir, the the guy who is again riding uh, the the mutant. Uh, it does play like almost seriously, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Almost circus meets science music. It's gross and bad. Uh, but yeah, no, the humor is not not really here. Um, yeah, like. And and the thing is, like, people kind of bashed the first Rage for ha- not having much um, much of a personality, which, I mean, is true. But, like, I feel like I kind of liked the personality and art style and stuff of the first Rage more than I liked, too. Um, yeah. It just, like, outside of the combat, very few things in this game worked for me. Which, like, like I said, it really pains me to say because... I was I was amped once we got that Walmart Canada leak that had uh, 
Rage 2 on the list. Like, there were times in the past year where I'm like, like a trailer would come out, and I'm like, man, I want to play this game now. Like, yeah. um... It- it almost reminded me of, uh, like, the way the marketing diverged reminds me of the classic Dead Island and also uh, Mercenaries yeah. 2 okay. in the yeah. way that the marketing was Same so way. good. Yeah. It, it feels like any personality the game does have or any even any humor uh, came after the fact, like, at the last, you know, the 11th hour when they were trying to, like, okay, our game is kind of flat, we need something. And it feels like the marketing already kind of decided the direction while they were still developing the game, and it felt like they were doing the best they could, like, to just kind of throw at the last minute throw a little bit of something in the game yeah right like they couldn't you know they couldn't even do like the andrew wk song as like the ending credits theme or something like it's just it's this boring music that you won't remember it feels like a lot of the issues with this game were like an overcorrection to um like complaints about rage instead of fleshing out like the um you know the structure and flow of the first game they just went to adding a million things on the map. They remade um, Mad Max as the best first-person shooter they could make. Yeah. And even then, I, I, again, I'm like the Mad Max stand, but like, I, I still think the world design, as bleak as it was in Mad Max, was still better than this. Like, it's still... Like, Mad Max yeah, at least felt bit. like Mad Max. Felt more inspired because yeah. it felt like, you know, they were coming from Mad Max. And, you know, it was, it was drawing from, uh, you know, franchises that already exist in film for decades. Right. Yeah, no, this this game is is not something I would pay a lot of a lot of money for right now. But hey, and you know, a couple patches and, and a couple discounts and like honestly, and they have a they have a roadmap that goes out to like you know the end of the year. Hey, yeah, it goes and out to got like a, September or something, right? And they've got a thirty dollar season pass. Oh, is so. it? Is oh, that, yeah. When when did that go up? I didn't even see that when that. Was I didn't up. even see that either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the season there's a season pass with paid. They've got paid expansions coming. Uh, two paid expansions that are like big single player expansions coming. Yeah, uh, and then a whole the lot of, of free stuff. Yeah. So uh, the although the, most of that is like skins and oh my god, who cares about skins in a single player game? Also, the yeah. skins. Okay, let let me also mention the skins in this game look so bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, They're not. It's like. They gave it two stripes of spray paint and they were done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And they want you to pay money for them. So you mean to like tell me that real this... actual microtransaction money. Yeah. Wait, you guys mean to tell me there's something else disappointing in this game? Oh, there's a store. <laughs> it's, a, it's a single player FPS yeah. that you can beat in five hours that has a store that will sell you skins for your guns. God. You know what I will say, and it will be my last positive thing, and then I'll, I'll be ready to wrap if you guys are ready to wrap. The last positive thing I will say is that if you are at a place in your life where you can only spend an hour or less a day playing games, Rage 2 could probably carry you pretty far. Yeah. Like, exactly. I, I think you would definitely get your money's worth out of it. You don't have to put a lot of thought into it. It's not like a big investment. It's just you kind of you just yep. do it. Yeah. My, my recommendation, if one of you does pick up um, the game, you know, after some patches, after some discounts... Uh, play on hard because I felt the combat was way better on hard. Yeah, and then once because, you start getting upgrades, play on nightmare. <laughs> yeah, um, and then get all the arcs early on so you get all the powers. Yeah, um, if you hold the focus mode, it like highlights big rainbow shafts in the sky. Yeah, so knowing those things ahead of time, um, and also just don't play in huge sessions. I had one day where I played almost nonstop all day yeah it just put me in I, I think a, the first day it came out i played like eight hours and yeah it just like it but it's that kind of the game, game like you can just mindlessly yeah. clear out icons on your mini map 
Yeah, like, the game is so trying to be, like, in your face and, like, extreme at all times, it gets very one-note, but, like, if you just play, like, an hour or so at a time, like, you can get quick action, you can do a lot, like, in that time, I think you'd enjoy it, but, um, it comes with a lot of caveats. All right, Justin, why don't you sign us off, buddy? Um, all right, well, thank you for listening. Um, this was the SDGC, uh, review of Rage 2. Um, and unfortunately, um, we didn't have all that much great to say about it. However, we do think that people that love like good, fast FPX mechanics will find something to chew on, um, with this game. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for joining me, uh, Brandon and Zach. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on twitter.com at bearclawgaming. Uh, where can they find you, Brandon? Um, uh, at Antitrop. And Justin, where can they find you? Uh, at RoboPlato. And you can find our the account for all of SDGC at Official SDGC. Um, we are also on Twitch, um, where we stream our live show on Thursdays. Um, you can listen to any of our our audio stuff um, on anywhere that, that has podcasts. Um, and if you really like our stuff, you can even support us on Patreon, and we would really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, have a nice day. Thank you.